It's a, they ch- <laughs> like I said to you, they changed the math and they've done it. They do it with all kinds of statistics. Uh, I pointed out to you under the Obama presidency, they were claiming because it was, uh, it was a big issue at the time. So they wanted to say the Obama administration was deporting more illegal aliens than any other presidency. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, you found out they changed the math. So they were taking people that were turned away at the border and counting those as actual deportations. This is the way the government works, folks. It's like four or two plus two equals four until the government says two plus two equals five. Then it equals five. It's all smoke and mirrors, man. It's all. And then, not, and all then not only that, then they go and create the Common Core math system the last twenty five years, and they actually teach kids that two plus two equals five. And then those kids end up working for the government. And you see how this works. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the book I'm reading now, they talk about how they have to change the education system in the Southern Hemisphere to to teach these people uh, all about STEM, science, That's, technology. and <laughs> It's yeah. interesting you say that because for 100 episodes, I've been talking about the uh, science, technology, engineer, mathematician guys, unfortunately, are the ones that are helping build the technocracy, yeah. whether they know it or not. Well, in this 1995 paper, Industrial Society and Its Future, I've been reviewing where this author you know, nailed exactly what's going on today. And he was back then in 95, before STEM was a term. Uh, actually, Maria and I looked it up last night. STEM came about in about 2001. This guy in 95 was saying that the, the government, the state is pushing all these kids into science and technology, engineering and math because those are going to be the worker bees that continue to help actually build the prison planet system that they're living inside. Like this guy warned of this and it's sad, but you wonder why there was a push for the last 25 years to drive everyone into STEM and into programming. And then, and then on top of it, then you have the Elon Musk of the world and stuff working to try to build AI to the point where it's going to replace all the computer programmers and people that were told to, told to go to school for this. So you're programming the AI that becomes your replacement. <laughs> It's yeah, it's just, no different than cashiers teaching you how to use a uh, uh, a self checkout line. Which, by the way, folks, I had to enter the matrix this past week uh, when I got home, and uh, I texted you, Dustin, and Maria that you know after an hour and a half in the matrix, I've had enough, <laughs> <laughs> and I had to. I was in an Aldi's for to get pick up a few things for Kelly and. Uh, I'm, I go and last time I was in there was like a year and a half ago or something. So, cause I never go. Oh, and I remembered there was two or three cashiers and, and then there's this lady helping these people at the self checkout line. I'm looking around trying to find a cashier line. Well, there was one, she was it, she was doing both, but the person she was helping at the cashier lane literally had like three buggies full of food and other things. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not waiting. I'm just going to use the self checkout. And yeah. so I go, and they've got the new self checkout version where they've got that camera screen, you know, so they're, yeah. they're videoing you, and uh, and I'm laughing the whole time because I'm six foot four. It was videoing my chest, <laughs> so the so the AI facial recognition was a fail. Yeah. And that three-cart lady was probably like an Instacart worker, you know, uh, doing an order for $14. She was probably in there for three and a half hours. Oh, no, she had a lot of stuff, man. It was oh, crazy. It's, no, it's it's nuts. I mean, but yeah, that's how I look at it now. Whenever I have to go out and, and, and amongst town, it's like going into the Matrix. I'm like, I don't yeah. want to go. I Dude, just I had to go do into it. a Target also and, and going into the Target. I'm just looking around at the people in there, and it's I'm just going, where? Where am I? Am I like a third world country? Where the hell am I? Oh, it is. It was a it was a complete shit show. And don't don't do you like do, don't you feel uh, 
I mean, it's that it has gotten worse since like COVID land kicked off. Like it's it's worse now than it was three before three years ago. It was pretty bad before if you went into a Walmart, but it looks worse now to me. And people seem to be moving slower. Uh, I find a lot more incompetence now. And then, of course, we live I in got, a culture. Somebody walked right in, in, into me. I mean, they're yeah. walking towards me on their phone. I just stopped thinking you know, I didn't move. I just stood there. They literally walked right into me. Yeah, it's it's weird. And then, you know, when you're driving down the street, uh, I mean, I noticed this right after things started to open up after COVID land. I said, wow, they got to get everybody back in driver school because this is terrible. But when you see people looking at their phone, most older folks, my father, the boomers, they'll think it's like a kid texting. I said, Dad, you got to remember, one out of five people on the road right now in America is doing some gig job. So they're driving around looking at their phone, trying to pick up their next yeah. DoorDash order, trying to grab their next Instacart order. They're driving to a location. I said, it's, it's yep. dangerous, man. Like People are driving around literally just staring right into their phone now. Yeah. That's why I you need a you, Tesla. Uh, I told yeah, I told you <laughs> offline. You know, my daughter didn't make a lot of money serving her lunch shift one day, so she wanted to go DoorDash, and she's done it off and on periodically for a couple of years, and she's averaged about twenty five, thirty bucks an hour. So she's like, I want to go DoorDash. So we go. That's fine. We grab an early dinner. We go. First order. She's like, Oh, this is weird. It doesn't show me what I'm going to make before I accept the order anymore, which was new to her. She hadn't done it in so long. She didn't know that it had changed. And so it was a small order. So she made like 350 or something like that. So we didn't think anything of it. Second order doesn't show her again. It's a big order from a, from a chain chicken restaurant chain. And uh, we deliver it and she makes another 350 and this message pops up. They're limiting her to making $10 an hour. And I called you because the look on her face was priceless was like, what? Her eyes got real big. She was in total shock. She goes, that doesn't even pay for my gas. Now, we were in my truck, but she's like, and she's figuring it out real quick. Like, that doesn't even pay for my gas. She goes, forget this. Let's go get ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> so nah. I said, well, now you know. I, I explained what you had said on your show, Dustin, to her. And I said, now you know, and you need to tell all your friends. So on the way to get ice cream, she's texting all her friends about what she just experienced. Yeah, it's outrageous. I mean, I had said it on Mike's show two years ago, yeah, way before I yeah. started this show. I warned people. I said they have the ability, all of the gig apps, they have the ability to throttle folks. Um, and this is why I've warned people. The world that we're moving into now, it's not just service workers like Instacart grocery shoppers or your daughter doing uh, fast food delivery or restaurant delivery. It's not just the Uber and Lyft drivers. People like myself or Mike Moore that are doing podcasts, we rely on these platforms owned by the technocrats. And when you're making money on the public side, it comes from ad revenue. You have no idea if they're cheating you. They could turn off your ads at any point they want. You know, they did it to Mike. He's talked about it publicly. I used to produce for a guy on YouTube. He was making $8,000 a month on youtube ad revenue next month a check comes in for five hundred dollars and they won't tell them why it dropped from eight thousand to five hundred all a lot of creatives out there are selling their stuff on fiverr you're in america competing with some guy in india or china or somewhere else who's willing to take a dollar an hour and all of a sudden you got to drop from a hundred dollars an hour that you used to make to try to compete with a guy who'll do a logo for three dollars and 45 cents so you have fiverr then you have creatives selling on etsy you have people that used to do flea market 
world. Now they're all what an eBay, Facebook Marketplace, all these controlled environments. And the majority of these companies are owned and controlled by the same venture capitalists, backed by CIA's uh, venture firm InQtel, and or going all yeah. the way up to the big bankers. So this is part of technocracy that you're being driven into these internet ghettos where you're relying on them to make money. And like with your daughter, that's the first time I've heard where they actually told you you were limited to ten dollars an hour with instacart all the people that do it know they're doing that because they'll hit a big order like 65 dollars 70 dollars 100 dollars in the morning and then their their app doesn't work for the rest of the day they're not allowed to make any more money so I, we knew this was going to happen but if you actually start to look at um some of the articles and white papers I covered here, the gig workers are actually one of the major targets of how they're going to introduce UBI because they're going to have all these people that don't work full-time jobs. And then they're going to say, we know you were making a uh, And a hole in the resume now. Yeah, a hole in their resume. And they're going to say, we know you were making $1,500 a week and now you're only making $300 a week. Uh, but we're going to make this up with, they'll call it, I don't know, a stimulus check, a gig worker stimulus. We'll have some creative name. And then, boom, universal basic income. It's like ripe for the taking. It's, it's really genius how they do it. Well, plus, like what we talked about offline, too, is taking all those younger, typically younger, uh, folks out of the service industries, you know, uh, wait staff, et cetera, you know, it takes them out of these restaurants. So you shut down a, a lot more. COVID shut down a lot of local and small businesses anyways, just with the lockdowns. You take away their staff and their employees, you're going to shut down even more. Exactly. And then the ones who survive, those are the ones that end up adopting because all of a sudden the profit, you know, shows up at your door knocking going, oh, you don't have any employees? Well, we have a new cashless QR code system where your customer yeah. just orders from the table and then a robot comes out of the back and drops it off. I mean, so we see a lot of the independent stores here in downtown Frederick, uh, independent restaurants that are doing that. And when you talk to the owners, they say they can't get employees. Well, what replaces the employees? Oh, the technology is there to save them. <laughs> and so you're like, yeah. you can see it. This is such a well-orchestrated machine. Um, and, uh, I mean, it's, it's just amazing because when you do talk to the owners, like that manager you were talking to at the coffee shop, those people are waking up laughing in the mirror going, I'm Dr. Evil. I want to get rid of all my employees. Like, they don't wake up and think that. They wake up one day and they go, where the hell are all the good people that used to work for me? Where is everybody? Right, right. And so, uh, you know, it's it's pretty crazy. Now, you want to look at this uh, article here that you had sent over on, yeah. the, on the water bottles? So we're back to EV cars. This is classic. No, we'll do the bottled water first. Okay. Okay. So this is an article. Uh, yeah, America runs on bottled water. It's the most popular drink in the country, and it has a 4,000% markup, people. 4,000. Wow. And it, uh, it's responsible for what? Tens of millions? I couldn't read it in the top first sentence. Oh, the most popular drink in America is sold at a 4,000% markup and is responsible for tens of millions of discarded containers each day. Bottled water. A day. And guess what, people? I've read, I don't know, 3,000 pages. I didn't read once about single-use plastic bottled water being a problem. Oh, in any of the uh, banker, yeah, any nope. of the banker UN documents or any of that kind of stuff. 
I didn't read any of it. Oh, which reminds me also, when I was in that matrix for an hour and a half, I went into a Panera Bread for the first time in, I don't know, a year. And they had changed the uh, the, the marketing. <laughs> so on the menu, it, it had this green stuff. And where the coffees are, it used to be like a dark brown or black backing with white lettering on the different, like whether it's caffeinated, uh, dark roast, light roast or whatever. Now it has a green backing. And I sent you pictures of this, right? So, yeah. so it's real. And on the menu, it's got a new, it's got symbols at the bottom. It's got a leaf symbol if it's vegan and it's got a fork symbol. I've never seen the fork symbol. That's mm -hmm. my first time seeing that because I, I don't really go in the matrix, right? So it's this fork symbol and I don't go into chain restaurants. So I, I'm like, what is this? And I'm reading it. It said the fork symbol means that that particular item is climate friendly according to the World Resource Institute. Yeah, then, I, think on, so I, I think on the sign, Jim, that you sent me, it actually said, um, like, it's a low-carbon-emitting produced food. Yeah, low-carbon-emitting. Yeah, hang on. I got the picture still on my phone. What did it say I was, exactly? I was laughing. I was laughing so hard. Like, low, no, see, I like when people go in there, like a normal person, and they look at the menu, is this only there to further market us into believing this stuff is real? Are, are there actually people that buy this? Like they actually believe it? Yeah, it says climate friendly with a green fork next to it. It's insanity. Climate friendly. It says climate friendly, delicious, low carbon meals certified by the World Resource Institute. <laughs> yeah, low carbon meal. But here's the irony, people. I go, I get the, I get a, a little pastry and. Uh, and I, they give me a, uh, I said, do you have a plate? No. They, all they have is, uh, is a bag. So they don't have a plate. And the utensils? Plastic. Yeah. They exactly. only have single-use plastic forks right. to hand no, out. Well, and here's the thing. So if these companies all cared, they would have regular metal forks and they would just right. run their dishwasher machine like they used to do in restaurants when i was a kid it's like come on folks it's ridiculous it's stupid if, if a panera i don't know what a panera i mean they used to be a real hot uh business to own 20 years ago i don't know about now but let's say you have 500 customers go through a panera bread in a day that's uh, that's 500 forks and knives that get thrown away in the garbage I mean, it's serious. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's insanity. It says on but, that article. But the fork. irony is that the symbol, the logo for the low carbon meal is a, is a fork. Yeah. It's insanity. And it <laughs> you says, can't it's, make it up. That article says plastic bottles and plastic bottle caps are among the most common items to pollute the oceans. Yet yep. the U.S. has introduced few regulations to rein in their use. You know, I mean, so because no, it didn't come from the BIS or the UN, so they, they're not doing anything. And and I mean, and so people know. I mean, the the plastics are all petroleum based, and so yep. when they're talking about all of their uh, fossil fuel stuff, yet it's okay because Pepsi and Coca Cola are woke companies, so they're excused. Well, remember we read that article a couple. I don't know how many shows ago we read that article from Coca Cola and it said how many you know billions of bottled water uh, they produce a year and. The CEO came flat out, right out and said, we're not going to reduce that because people want it. Yeah.
Here's the uh, other part that you wanted me to pull up. This was at ScienceDaily.com. It says reusable plastic bottles release hundreds of chemicals. Study finds. This was from February yeah. of last year. So that's plastic anything. I mean, it could be water. It could be soda, whatever. You know, just get stop using these, these plastic, you know, single-use plastic drinks. Yeah, and the other um, thing, I, and I just want to bring this up because we were talking about it, and this is just a life hack for folks. So if you don't care about you know, pollution and climate change and all this, and you're just going to drink your water out of plastic bottles and throw them in the garbage or whatever, one of the things you should think about, though, is what the plastic bottle is leaching into the liquid that you're drinking. So I was just actually talking to uh, Jim. I don't have an affiliate link for this, but I'm going to get one for the uh, Berkey uh, water filter because yep. I was asking him I was going to start filtering water and keeping it in glass bottles and storing it so Jim was saying he pre-buys like three or four months worth of bottled water to filter through the system um, but now he's looking for alternatives to getting the water in the plastic bottles now there is a company Jim because I, I heard them on another podcast who actually sells like filtered water in glass bottles but it's, it's so expensive that's why you have to do it yourself yeah. you'll go broke drinking it from uh, those guys yeah i was buying purified water in gallon jugs but it's plastic gallon jugs and you know filtering that through the berkey filter because i we thought that was safer than filtering tap water through it because mm. um, you don't know what's in the tap water but you know i, I got to figure out another way to get the source purified water not in plastic containers yeah, I mean, it'd be awesome if you were able to have like a giant tank, you know, with all with your water stored in it, and then you just keep running it through the filtration or system. Or a mountain constantly. stream and go move to the mountains, have a pure mountain stream in the back, and just filter that. Oh yeah, no, eventually you'll just have to filter out all yeah. the silver iodide from the cloud seeding, <laughs> whatever's in the chemtrails. But listen, there's there. My my whole thing is starting to figure out these systems um, for all these things, and then getting as close to pure and as close to organic as you can as you can get you know that's the best you're going to do is getting as but my thing is like if you're going to do it uh you might as well do it once and might as well do it as close to the best as you can and then yep. you don't have to keep buying new systems and you buy the wrong one and you don't like this one and you have to go get another one and um, that's why i was talking about with the audience uh once we start doing gardening at a larger scale i'm looking at figuring out how to do some of it indoors using uh yeah. regenerated soils and filtered waters and stuff because yeah my thing is hey if they're really cloud seeding and chemtrails are real well if i spend all this time and it takes me a few years to get a one acre piece of land going really good what if that stuff just kills all my vegetables? Like, what what would be the point mm -hmm. of me putting in thousands of dollars and thousands of hours of right. time and creativity and energy to only have it be destroyed, you know? Right. right. All right, and then uh, this one is on the German I know where he's going. Minister. I'm already laughing. <laughs> so I was reading this in the coffee shop, and I literally was laughing so hard I was crying because this was uh, – the day after I spoke to the guy in the in the in the Tesla charging his car. So, all right, this is from the uh, the like energy finance minister of Germany. It's called the energy transition farce continues in Germany. Regulators fearing outages announced plans to ration power for environmentally friendly state promoted electric vehicles and heat pumps. The <laughs> subtitle is once again you can have intermittent windmill power. 
or you can have you can put everyone in a battery powered car but you cannot do both <laughs> and then your note says geology survey of finland thousand page report prove this beyond any doubt we went over that i think in episode 88 i think so yeah yeah uh can you read so, that i want to zoom in a little there we go. There you go. So Klaus Mueller, the president of the German Federal Network Agency, which regulates gas and electricity, warned that grow the growing number of private electric car charging stations and electric-powered heat pumps could overload the power grid in Germany. Quote, if very large numbers of new heat pumps and charging stations continue to be installed, then we will have to worry about overload problems and local power failure, power power failures if we do not act. End quote. <laughs> so, the plans for electricity rationing are slated to come into effect on January first, twenty twenty four. Even in the event of power rationing, private charging stations would be able to draw enough power to charge an electric vehicle battery within three hours. For a range of fifty kilometers. <laughs> so, oh, let, let's put that into into perspective. So, it's going to take you three hours to charge your car, and you can only go fifty kilometers. You might yeah. as well get a bike. <laughs> yeah, but it's so funny because if you look this German minister up, I wonder if a year ago he was telling everybody to go out and buy electric cars. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So the article continues, and this is the best part. The Ukraine war is a catastrophe, but it has done us at least one crucial favor by accelerating the German energy crisis. Because the truth is that we were always going to end up here with too many electrical things and too little electricity to power them. It was just supposed to happen two or three decades from now, long after the reigning cast of green luminaries had retired from public life. Instead, all of these clowns are facing the mathematically certain and long-predicted consequences of their false promises right now. And it looks like their most committed supporters will be the first to suffer for their <laughs> foolishness. That's, that's actually funny. And, I, and do you think this is being done intentionally, or do you think that is a glitch in their matrix, that this was a mistake? Because as you've said, Maria Albanese said, Mike Morris said, um, in my opinion, I whatever they were trying to accomplish with COVID land, and that's synonymous with the Great Reset. It's really just this bridge period between the third industrial era and fourth industrial era. I think all of us agree. They rushed it for some reason. No one knows why. There's different reasons that people think. I've heard Catherine Austin Fitz and others talk about their reasoning for it. Because in my opinion, watching people, how they reacted during COVID land, I think the system could have got away with a lot more if they were prepared to actually do it. They just, I don't think, were, were prepared. I think when they rolled out the vax like a year later, if they had rolled out the vax three days into COVID, I think they could have got 90% of the world to line up for that thing. But there's a lot of stuff they missed. So do you think this is now an unintended consequence of them trying to rush? Or do you think this is part of... The cis, like they're actually collapsing it intentionally. What do you think? They clearly didn't want to, in my read, okay, this is just my opinion here. This is not based yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, I'm read. just asking your opinion. Yeah. My opinion here is that they are losing control of the narratives very quickly. I'm starting to see CBDC 
anti-CBDC articles pop up all over the place. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to be... I My gut feeling is it's not going to be long before the Green Grift articles start to pop up. I've seen a few, but they're, they're not anywhere uh, near the level of CBDC. Everybody's talking about CBDC now. Everybody. A year and a half ago, nobody was talking about it. And do you think do you so, think that that do you think that's just because they didn't push it out fast enough in as seamless a fashion, and they went out there and they talked about it too much at places like well, World Economic Forum thing, panel right? discussions push, and so. Yeah, if they push too fast, then the pitchforks come out, and they know that, so they have to try to slow roll it. And look, again, just my opinion. They're going to do this in the next generation or two. That's when the trap's going to be sprung. I, I don't see it being my lifetime, maybe not my kids' lifetime. Now, my kids are in their mid to you know, mid-20s, call it, right? I, I'm not sure it's going to be their lifetime, or at least not until they're my age and have kids of their own. It's it's more that's what they they know this. So how far they get is how far they get. They're still putting all the cameras up, they're still putting all the sensors up, they're still doing all that. It's not like they're going to have to go and take it all down. I, they were no, never no. going to get the whole world on EV cars anyways, because we've already proven there's just not enough materials to do it anyways. Right, right. And hey. there's so so few. You're talking, you'd have to have, what, I don't know, 70, 80, 90% of the population uh, using public transportation or walking. That's not happening either, right? Yeah. And, and the way they on the way they operate when they're pushing the uh, propaganda and the mind control um, is even if even if there's a large and, and they, you saw this in the BIS documents I saw this in the old technocracy documents I'm seeing some of it in the 95 paper Industrial Society its future even if the real numbers were 70 percent of the world use common sense and say wait a minute the sky isn't neon green. They still send Fauci out on TV who goes, listen, the sky is neon green. They just keep doing it no matter how much pushback because they just have to create this illusion for you, even though you're using common sense, to believe that your neighbor believes the sky is neon green. That's, sort, that's just how they continue to force people with propaganda. And I think they get people to be afraid to talk to others and go, wait, does this CBDC make sense to you? Does this make sense to you? They just keep the illusion alive by continuing to talk about it, whether you know there's a majority of people that figured it out already. For instance, like all the athletes dropping dead on the field. I mean, I think we can draw a correlation as to why that's going on but yet they'll put fauci out there and just goes athletes dropping dead on field have nothing to do with it you know it's like they, they just keep the illusion going it's a, they're really good at that well we've talked about i suspect that they know it's not going to work and they're going to point the finger at the serfs you know us and say look you didn't do enough to fit, solve climate change so now we're going to have to force a carbon credit system on you. Yeah, and that, way, that actually makes a lot win. of sense. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense because they definitely they they are always able to spin the narrative. I think what they're up against, though, and and this this comes out in that article you just showed, 
is that there's so many moving parts. Like we think we're fighting back when we're chasing yeah. fires. These guys have to manage so many moving parts as well. I think that's the importance of why they're collecting so much data on everyone through your phones, through the cameras everywhere, you know, through your interactions with the internet. Because as you've it's all know, Harari, yeah, but as you you've all know, Harari, the king philosopher of the uh, World Economic Forum and um, the Fourth Industrial Revolution says those who control the data are the gods of the new era. So they're constantly collecting all this analytics on us to see our reactions and then it allows them to come up with their real-time manipulation campaigns. This is why I tell people, uh, and I mentioned in the show yesterday, I think people's goal, if you're serious about not wanting to be part of the system, you're not going to break the whole system. You break the system by actually exiting the system. So I said, one of the things I'd focus on over the next couple of years of your life is making a promise to yourself. I'm only going to use technology when I'm doing it for business, when I have to go in and go make analog. money. Yeah. Go when, the, the rest of my life and personal life, I'm going to go analog. Like I said to my wife, when we take Willie G to the beach and go camping this summer, I said, we're going to leave our smartphones at home. Uh, I can't shoot really 35 millimeter anymore because it's hard to get film developed. I said, but I'm going to bring my digital camera. And if I want to shoot pictures, in the, I'm using the camera. I'm not going to bring my phone. I'm not going to be connected yeah. to the Internet while I walk around. And I think that's what people, if you make that decision, you go, yeah, I'm not going to do the tech stuff when I'm in my personal life. That's how you start to break the system because you're no longer yeah. contributing data to these people. You're no longer contributing all of the analytics and helping build a digital footprint price right. file Shop on yourself. Local, go analog, shop local, use cash. I mean, that's the simple stuff. We'll get into the details later, but that's the simple stuff. 